0: David Hale of ESPN wrote something on Monday that should give all the chicken littles about the future of the ACC a bit of a breather, and will get you all off the ledge. We'll get into this and all the things about realignment on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Realignment. I mean, Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. As I said, David Hale, he's one of my favorite followers to follow on, e- on on Twitter because he's got some really great and informed takes. He writes for ESPN and he was on vacation last week and he jumped into Twitter and gave some really interesting perspective on where the ACC is. And I'm going to kind of dive into what he says and why it's not that big of a deal Uh, You know, I think we're all kind of over-exaggerating the future of this conference. So I'm not going to get into everything he tweeted because it was like a 30-tweet chain and um, that would be boring. So let's get into the grant of rights, which I think has been the the big talking point in terms of the future of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, just for perspective, the Atlantic Coast grant of rights, it runs through 2036. And that is what gives ESPN all that power and what locks the conference into an Um, less than advantageous financial deal for their media rights compared to what the SEC and the Big Ten have. So here's what David Hale tweets. Now let's talk about the ACC grant of rights. 14 years from now, 2036, it means the ACC owns the broadcast rights for all members until then. The rumor mill has largely ignored how big an obstacle this really is, and it's enormous. He said, another aside, adding new teams or opening up the TV contract would not void the existing grant of rights. They are separate documents. If new teams join the ACC, they'd have to sign the same grant of rights as everyone else. Same for departing teams, unless 50% leave. So what would it take for a team to leave? An exit fee. Here's what he says. Three times the annual value, which he said right now is about $30 Which would be in the estimate of 120 to 150 million dollars. Then, assuming the ACC allowed the team to, to buy out its media rights, you'd be looking at another 300 or so medium, million medium. uh sorry, 300 million or so minimum from 2024 to 2036. Now, 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 play that out. 300 million dollars every single year. I don't care if you're Clemson. I don't care if you're Florida State. That is. Astronomical and Florida State. I didn't get into it last podcast. Their their athletic department is is hurting right now. They can't be taking humongous losses right like this, especially because they supposed to be an acad. We're all supposed to be academic um, institutions first, not ath- athletic. And if they're hurting, you know, Joe Schmo student because they have to dip into the student fees to cover all this stuff, it's not a good look for a program. So he says that right. But here's the thing. The ACC has no incentive to settle for a buyout. Instead, it could simply say, we own your broadcast rights. Your games will air on our network or not at all. And what value is there for any other league to add an ACC team that can't even earn TV money? He goes on to say, the general feeling is everyone will, will challenge the grant of rights in court, but that's problematic too. For one, the super conference writing was on the wall a year ago. Several teams had had lawyers looking over the grant of rights none of them challenged it yet. What does that tell you? And he says, or look at Texas and Oklahoma. They're writing out their own grant of rights because the Big 12 wasn't going to give them an easy way out. And they didn't think there was a value in taking it to the courts and possibly losing. But Pac-12, Big 12, and Big 12. Ten deals and soon. ACC has fourteen years left. There's little incentive for a school to challenge the grant of right without some certainty they have a landing spot. But what league is going to make an offer to a school when it doesn't even know if the school had media rights for the next fourteen years? It's a catch twenty-two. So what you know? Big big picture here. What is Hale saying? He's saying that basically the schools in the ACC are in such in ev- un- env- enviable positions that no other conference is going to want to take them, that they can't afford to even risk taking them because you would just be bringing in a, a dead weight, no matter who it is. If it's Clemson, for the next 12 years, they could be dead weight. They could be not making the conference a dime, and it would be cutting into the pie that the other schools would be getting. So why would the Big Ten want to do that? Why would the SEC even want to try doing that? It makes no sense. So right now, what you're looking at are schools in the ACC that are locked in. Folks, what Hale is saying is the same kind of things that Thamel has been saying, that Dennis Dodd has been saying. The ACC, it it, it, it has a double-edged sword going on here. It's not able to give the money that they want to to their member programs because they signed a terrible deal with ESPN that locks them in for seemingly eternity. But on the other hand, that deal is keeping schools from leaving because other conferences don't want to touch it. Other schools, these schools can't afford to get out of it. So it may not make these schools happy, and that's true, right? I'm sure if Clemson had a deal in place to go to the SEC, but they can't do it, because the media rights are not clear and the SEC wants to make sure that's happening, I'm sure the Clemson's going to be pissed off about this. But I think that kind of tells you where the conference is at, what the realistic picture is. So, folks, you see all the stuff that goes on on Twitter. You see the people that are spreading noise. And and, and it shocks me that, that s- s- how quickly people that you never have heard of before gain traction just by throwing stuff out. What was last week, I saw um well, you guys all saw it. It was something about UVA, I think Clemson and and somebody else in the uh, Duke going to the Big 10. And it was tweeted out by a swimming swimming Twitter account for college swimming. And I saw some people saying, "Well, it's because that swim coach may know about it because he's talked to this person, this person. Let me tell you this: this this conference realignment news, the news and rumors, it, it is the real stuff. The real, real, um, the 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 truth stays so close to the ads and the people in charge that I guarantee you. The swimming coaches don't know what's going on. That The the, the uh, marketing teams don't know what's going on. The I bet you the assistant ADs don't know what's going on because it's such a high-level conversation. And because it's such a high-level conversation, the truth very, very rarely gets out. And if they're going to go out, and I've said this all along with you, when it happens, it goes to people. Like Dennis Dodd of CBS, like Pete Thamel of of ESPN, it's those big names. The swimming blogs—they're not going to know anything. The 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 you know even the team blogs. Like I don't know. The ads don't tell me <laughs> what they're thinking about for realignment. It's very very close to the vest. So just as a as a piece of warning, folks. Keep your eyes open and, and think critically here. Don't just gobble up every little rumor you hear. You know David Hale, he's a good one to listen to, and I think he brings up a lot of good points. And in our second segment, I'm going to get into another point he brought up about where this could go for the ACC moving forward and what to expect in, the, in this next round of realignment. And if there's other uh, pieces of articles that we're going to kind of all combine into our conversation, but we'll get to that in just a moment. If you are like me and you're always doing work on your car, you're always looking for ways to save money. And the best way to do it is to check out rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com. At home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can save 30, 50, and even 100% more on the same parts from a chain auto store when you go to rockauto.com. So you want to check that out today. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have prices that are reliably low for every customer. So all you need to do is head out to their easy-to-use website, find their catalog, make put in your make and model, and boom, everything they have including tail lamps, brake parts, and even new carpet will pop right up. So go to this, explore it today when you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. So, again, it, we, have, we have shifted our, our show to Locked On Realignment. Uh, because there's nothing really going on with BC sports right now. It's quiet. Uh, and we'll get into one a uh, couple of little news pieces in our final segment, but we're getting into the talk about the ACC, its future, um, and, and what's a realistic expectation of what the next couple of years are going to look like. Now, the ACC uh, it hasn't been poached. And I think p- folks have been expecting it to happen. Um, a lot of Twitter people, like, and, and I'm, by Twitter people, I'm saying fans, you know, people who are on message boards, things like that, are all saying like, "Oh, you know, let's take this guy, this team, and this team," and it's not happening. So, the ACC is basically they're locked into this grant of rights. They're stuck. they whether they like it or not, they are stuck with this conference for a while. So, what what where, what's going to happen from here? should should this chaos continue and the quick the quick answer is it looks like it's starting to slow down i think the carousel for the last 2 years has been honestly kind of, i mean big in terms of the programs when you have oklahoma texas usc and ucla all changing conferences that's big news but in the grand scheme of things from a cataclysmic change it's not happening it's it's only four teams. It's not like a conference is being completely, um, you know, stripped to shreds. That's not happening. You're getting conferences that are basically stuck where they're at. You you see little changes here. Like last year you saw Houston and UCF um, and go to the, the Big 12. You're going to probably see something happen with the Pac-10. I don't know if it's going to be like a Fresno State or San Diego State. I'm not sure where they're going to go to kind of fix that issue. But you'll see some small things. So I think what I saw an SEC official say today kind of really puts some perspective in the in the in the craziness of this this realignment um, period because it's a lot of noise, but it's not a lot of things happening. And I think what the SEC uh, official said, and I forget who tweeted it, but if I if I find it, I'll retweet it at Locked On BC, was that. It best benefits everyone for everyone to be part of this. You know, we've talked a lot, uh, and I've I've been guilty. I'm going to admit it right here that I think the end game is going to be two big conferences. But I think there's been a lot of chatter about like, well, we'll do two 20 league teams and then screw the rest of them. They're dead weight. I think you've seen a lot of that, right? You've seen a lot of fans or blogs or radio personality or podcasts saying that kind of stuff. I think the SEC official says it's best to keep everyone in the game, basically. To keep everyone as part of this. It's beneficial for everyone to have this happen. To have everyone still be a major part that's in the Power 5. You do not want to kick out 20 teams. Because you you you're gonna miss out on special moments that could be big financial things, right? Right? Like like ten years ago, if you just said you know screw all these teams that are not doing good, kick them out. Wake Forest would have been a team that you absolutely would have brought up as a team to kick out. And look at what they did last year. They were incredible. The top 25 team, right? You're getting more and more of those moments where you're seeing teams kind of pick themselves up, and or, or just even have a special game. You know, whether it's Kansas beating Texas, which I know Texas fans love hearing about, but you have those moments. It's big. Those are the things that make college football fun, and I think they're financially valuable too. So, I I don't see it being valuable for the media, for, for these schools, for these conferences to just launch you know 20 teams into the orbit. They need to they need to still be there. So over the next couple of years, will there be a cataclysmic change in college football? Right now it doesn't look that way. Because the ACC is locked in. You might see some changes in the Pac-12 or Big 12, but it still looks like that Power 5 setup is going to be the thing going forward and they're going to figure out, you know, new teams to to add to these other conferences that need it and you know what that's okay too you know how many how long has UCF been begging to be a power five team now they're in it they're a fun program they're a program on the rise they deserve to be up there and there's I'm certain there's teams out west whether it's Fresno State or UNLV or San Diego State that have had big years and the fan base to make it big so adding them is not a bad thing it's it's good I'm telling you, it's different, but it's okay. So I think the ACC is going to slow play things right now. They're going to wait out Notre Dame. Remember, as I I, I mentioned it a little bit in the first segment, Notre Dame can't just join another conference right now. I I believe they're locked into a grant of rights similar to what the ACC other member teams have until at least 2024. Um, And then they can – uh, then they have a, a big exit fee as well, so they can't just go to the Big Ten right now. I know that's what a lot of folks have said, and I've, I've mentioned it too. I just was listening to the other episode; I just talked about. But that Notre Dame, I think, right now can only go to the ACC if they wanted to join a conference. So they're the ACC is kind of in power there, but so is Notre Dame, and they can just say, "I don't. I, we're not interested in this. We're going to sit this out." So I think that's going to be the the big play right here. And when I mentioned the grant of rights in that first segment, Hale also brought up that other schools can join, but it's not going to rip up that contract. So that's some good clarification and and a point that I I was um, incorrect on in in past episodes, that if new schools come in, it doesn't immediately shred up that grant of rights, just adds these schools to it. So that to me says those other schools that we've heard, unless they can figure out a way to bump up that Price of of uh, rights, they're not going to come here. Or if the Pac-12 or Big 12 flounders in getting their own grant deals, and I know that there's companies out there like Amazon or Apple that I'm sure would pay for it. You know, they're stuck. They're not going to come to the ACC because that. Why would they want to get stuck in a contract that's that that locks them in a unfavorable financial deal for the next 12 years? It doesn't make any sense. So for, for, for where they're at right now, the ACC has basically two options. They're going to stick it out. They're going to continue where they're going, see what happens in the courts if any of these co- schools try to leave. Or if there's a mass exodus, that would basically blow everything up. But as I said, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think that's one thing that could happen is is basically everything going kind of forward or they get their white whale, Notre Dame. I don't know if Notre Dame would ever consider going to the ACC. They're going to have to figure out some way to sweeten that pot. But that would be the biggest move this conference can make, and I think possibly the only move you'll see them try to make in the next five years or so. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to go over some news and notes from BC Sports from around the world, uh, including Ski Team, which is something I've never talked about on this podcast, but there was some interesting news about them that I want to bring up next. Now, if you have not tried to Bilt bar. I'm disappointed in you because I've been telling you about the Built Bar for years now. And from the people who invented Healthy and Tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar you love is now in a delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for, for you. They have low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are completely delicious. You need to check them out right now. And they're made with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So head on over to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order every time you use it. So you can order more if your boxes are running low. Head over to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 at built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. So uh, what what has been some of the news? Yeah, football's been quiet. Basketball's been pretty quiet. Let's talk about the ski team. As Many of you probably are going home going, why are you talking about the ski team? It's because the, the BC Athletics actually just received a huge gift to endow the ski team head coaching position. They received a $1.25 million gift to endow the ski team head head coaching job. Pretty cool, right? Um, you know, love to talk about these things. I I, you know, many the ski team is not a team that many people talk about in this area. Um, but they they received a little gift. And then I also want to bring up that Ga- Barry Gallup, a former BC coach, he's been part of BC football and athletics for 45 years is retiring. Barry is one of the best community members BC could ask for. He uh, is a master class in just good being a good citizen and being a great ambassador for Boston College. I've talked to him multiple times. Uh, he is a great person, um, and he deserves his retirement. I know he's probably going to stay busy, and you probably, probably still see him around Boston College football all the time. But Barry has done a lot of things behind the scenes—you know, alumni relations, all sorts of good stuff with the football program—and uh, is always someone you see at practice or you see at games. Uh, And he's retiring and hopefully gets to spend time with his kids and grandkids and all that good stuff. So congratulations to Barry Gallup. I know he reads some of my stuff because he's emailed me before. But if he's listening, I want to give him a shout out and say uh, best of luck in your retirement and well-deserves And uh, from everyone in the Boston College family. uh, Congratulations again. And finally, two Boston College hockey players who haven't even stepped foot on campus yet have been drafted by the NHL. We didn't get into this on Monday's episode because I had so much to talk about with um, realignment. That Cutter Gothier, I hope I, I think I got his last name right. He was drafted fifth overall in the first round by the twi- uh, by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he is a big. I think he's six five. He's going to be either a wing or a center. Uh, He hasn't played for BC yet, but I think he's going to be someone a lot of folks are going to be talking about. He's one of the highest ranked recruits that BC has got has received in the last few years. Um, And he's heading to a team that has some other BC players on it. Um, Patrick Brown's on that team. Kevin Hayes. You know, there's there's a good amount of BC players on that squad. And then Charlie Letty uh, was drafted in the fourth round by the New Jersey Devils. So two Eagles are heading to the NHL. Now, the way this works. Uh, at least Gothier has said that he's going to spend one more year. He's going to spend one year at BC and then head to the pros. So you get one year out of him. Letty, I'm not sure. I've not heard uh, what the defenseman has said he's going to do uh, moving forward. So, you know, sometimes players, I think they get draft rights for, th- I believe it's three years. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but, you know, guys like Gothier, who's going to probably play pretty quickly, uh, they want to just get their tune up and go right up. But maybe someone like Letty might take a little bit of time. So that's it. And then finally, our little final pa- last piece of news is th- one of the best BC athletes of my lifetime and probably yours too. Charlotte North was named the ACC Female Athlete of the Year for the second time in a row. Um, she has she owns basically every record in women's lacrosse at this point. She just won a world championship on a team that was stacked with Sam Apuzzo, Kenzie Kent, and um, um, Arsenault, uh, Sam Arsenault, for all BC players. Um, And they just won the uh, the World Championship. She owns every NCAA record, so it won't be long before there's statues built of Charlotte North somewhere on campus, but what an honor. I mean, she is really setting herself up as one of the best athletes BC has ever had. Um, I know many of you probably don't care about lacrosse, but what she has done in the way that she's brought attention to that sport um, is, is unparalleled. I mean, you want, to look at how much she's elevated that sport, you have to look at – I know it's a, it's a different comparison, but like what Flutie did with football, right? Flutie brought that that sport up to they were playing at Foxborough, things like that. I mean, BC uh, lacrosse, when they were playing at, at Alumni Stadium – they were drawing some big crowds in there for, for a lacrosse team. So congratulations, Charlotte North. She's I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do with a post-career um lacrosse career. I mean, I, I don't know if you can make enough to live off of that, but she could be a coach, she could run camps, I mean, she could do a million different things um and be successful at it. So this is AJ Black. We will be back again on Friday. With more news and realignment, maybe some recruiting things and and previews of, of football. It's all coming up here on Locked On Boston College. I am the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or at Locked on BC as well. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Uh, just look up Locked On Boston College. Really easy to find. Um, and check out the comment sections in some of these videos. That's, they, I, we've blown up when we've been talking about realignment and man, there's some people that really don't like me. <laughs> and I think you guys will get a kick out of that. So check out Lockdown BC on YouTube. Thank you all, and we'll see you again soon. Take care.